Good morning, Ashford family. Are you all good? It is, um, it's such a deep joy to be here. It's always a deep joy to be here with you, but it feels a particular privilege to be here on this day, which is such a important and significant and very special day for you as a family. And um, I, I, I feel quite overwhelmed by um, the honor of sharing this morning. So thank you for having me. I have just returned from a trip to Uganda. I went out there for 10 days and ended up staying just over a month. Um, yeah, because stuff started to happen that in a sense I wasn't really expecting. And I'm gonna share from some of that this morning with you. Um, I think like yourselves, I would say that we as a ministry are finding ourselves in a whole new beginning, the start of a new season, and I'm very ready for the new. Are you? You know, I loved what you were saying. I'm still bored of being bored, and I'm very ready for the new, and I'm so grateful to the Lord that it felt like we were still in the old on the Sunday night, and no joke, Monday morning, apparently the new had come, and it's changed everything, and it's caused utter chaos and Holy Spirit carnage, and I I think it would be fair to say that what I've witnessed in our ministry since that first week in March, and, and the Holy Spirit coming in power, is I've seen him come and take hold of all the things that we thought were really, really good, and just dismantle them, and turned our very nice, tidy programs and things that we had in place that worked quite well upside down and inside out. And right now, we don't really know what is up and what is down. I'm just being really honest with you. So I'm going again next weekend to stay as long as I need to because we've got to work out now, what does the new thing actually look like on the ground, you know? And so I want to share a little bit from that this morning. Um... For us, the journey that we've suddenly found ourselves on began when we, as a ministry family, decided that we would give ourselves to really dig deep into the book of Acts once again, particularly Acts 1 and Acts chapter 2. So that's what we're going to look at this morning. So if you've got your Bible, let's turn there and, um, and see what it's got to say to us. There is a baptism of fire that takes place in this passage of scripture that literally transforms the world. It's quite exciting. And this conversation, we're going to read Acts 1 verse 3. This conversation that Jesus is having takes place just after his crucifixion and resurrection and literally moments before his ascension. So these are like his parting words, in a sense, to the disciples. Verse 3, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about, for John baptized with water... But in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. This is in reference to the prophetic word that John gives in Matthew chapter 3. And we're going to go there in a little while where he says, you know, I baptize you. I, John, I baptize you with water, but there's one coming after me 
whose shoes I'm not even worthy like, to tie the laces of. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And Jesus is referring to that right here. In a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. There is a power encounter coming for you. Verse 6, they gathered around him and said, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. Wow. It's interesting, isn't it? In this, in this moment, Jesus gives to the disciples a very clear commission. He lays out for them what their task is, what their assignment was, what it is that God the Father is giving them authority to go into the world and do. He lays it right out there for them. And you can read it in other ways. And Jesus said it in Matthew 10, you know, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. Matthew 28, go into all the world and preach the gospel. He says it very clearly. And here in Acts 1, he's stating it once again, just before he ascends. You're called to go into every corner of the world and continue the mission that I, Jesus, have begun. But he gives it to them with the added caution of, but first, but first, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift that my Father has promised to you. Wait, do not move out from this place until this appointed moment in time has taken place. Until the encounter that I have told you is coming has hit you. Until you've received power, then go. Go everywhere. Go to the ends of the earth and continue on my mission. See, it's interesting. If you look at the life of Jesus, he always knew what his assignment was. He always knew what his assignment was. He knew what his commission was. He knew what the authority was that he'd been given from his father to do. It's 1 John 3 verse 8. The reason the son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the evil one. He knew what his commission was. He knew what his job was. But it's interesting to me that he too waited until he had a moment of power encounter. You remember? It's that moment in Matthew 3 we were just talking about where Jesus goes down to John, doesn't he? He's like, you need to baptize me. And John's like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? I can't baptize you. He's like, no, you have to do this in order for everything to be fulfilled. And John takes Jesus and he baptizes him. And as he comes out of the water, the Spirit of God descends upon him like a dove. You know the story, right? The power of God comes down. The anointing of heaven rests upon him. And then he goes. And his whole ministry begins. And it's, it's, it's so beautiful. And here you have the disciples in this moment in time, same situation. They know what their assignment is. They know what they've been given authority to do from the Father, but they wait as he commanded. And they gather together, don't they, in the upper room. And 
we as a ministry have been talking over the last few months, particularly prior to when I went out at the beginning of March, around what does it mean to gather in an upper room? Let's take it a step further. What does it mean to live my life out of the space I create in my life, internal and external? How, what does it look like to live my life as if I'm always in the upper room? What does that look like? I'm telling you, this isn't the upper room. This is a building. It's a beautiful one. And I like being in it with you. It's just a building. But what about this upper room? Right? What does it look like to live our lives out of the upper room? Everything flows out of the place of encounter. And the disciples wait. They wait as Jesus commands. They wait for that baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. And you know, it's, in many ways, this, this was a really risky strategy that Jesus put in place this day. You know, taking the assignment that he himself had been given and like handing it over into the hands of the disciples. This was a risky strategy because up until this point, they hadn't really proved themselves to be amazingly trustworthy had they? You know, they were up and down and in and out, and they would say one thing, and then they would do the other, and then Jesus thought they got it, and then he's like, oh, no, they haven't. And, you know, they were just kind of, they were a little bit flaky sometimes. They were very human. (laughs) It is very human. I love it. Is it John John 13, where just before the crucifixion, Peter's like, Jesus, I'm, I'm ready to go all the way with you. I'm ready to die with you, you know? And I think he genuinely really believed that was true. I don't think he was lying. That was like the intention of his heart. And Jesus listening to him responds with such grace, I think, and kindness. And I imagine just to, oh, Peter. (laughs) Before this day is even done, you're going to deny me three times. He's like, what? The heart was willing but it was also weak. And here's Jesus taking this group of people and going, even in the midst of all your brokenness and your ins and your outs and your ups and downs, I'm I'm actually going to give you my commission. I'm placing it into your hands. Can you go fulfill it? This is the thing. Jesus' confidence was not in who the disciples were. His confidence was in the encounter that they were about to have. The encounter that would change them forever. Prior to the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire, they were weak, they were faltering, and they were stumbling. And then the power and the presence of God comes and everything changes. And every single one of them, bar one, is it? follows him all the way through to death. It's an extraordinary thing. Let's read it, verse 12, Acts 1. Then the the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, the Sabbath day's walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the upper room where they were staying. Those presents were Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, blah, 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 it goes on. They all joined together constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. And there they waited. And they waited. 
and they waited. And then the fire came. The fire came. On the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, and suddenly, like the blowing of a violent wind from heaven, came and filled the whole house where they were sitting, and they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. I love it. It's Reinhard Bonnke, I think, who said um, Acts, uh, the Holy Spirit shows up in Acts chapter 2, and the rest of the book is the consequences. <laughs> It's beautiful, isn't it? The rest of the book is the result of that. And this was the result, a move of God that touched the entire world. And the church of Christ was born. Wow. And I don't, in a sense, have anything profound to say to you on this very special day. But this is what the Lord's laid on my heart for you. When I, when, I, when I flew to Uganda, I went because I felt the Lord say, I want you to gather your family from the UK and Kenya and Uganda, and I want you to get into a room and stay there. Yeah. And don't move until I come. So that's what I did. I arrived on the Sunday night, jet-lagged, went to bed, got up Monday morning, I walked in. I shared literally what I've just said to you. This is my conviction, and this is my conviction. There is a move of God that is coming, and it's not about one church, one place, one denomination, one network. That, those days are done. Thank you, Jesus. It's about all of us. All are invited in. All are invited in. We're invited in. You're invited in to be a part of the next move that's going to take place that will be marked by fire. There is a power release coming to the church once again where it's almost like I see the church almost being reborn into the new. And we're all invited in, but the entry point is the upper room. And we have to make a decision whether we're going to position ourselves there. So I'm sharing with them, this is my conviction. There's a move coming. We're invited to be a part of it, and, and we're going to wait here. Because I think I'm done. I was very honest. I'm like, I think I'm done. I think I'm just done. <laughs> I can't do the old anymore. There has to be more than this. I know there's more than this. And I know it's available to us. Everything that's being said from the platform already this morning, it is available to me. It is available to you. But we have to position ourselves well for it, right? And so I just said to them, so we are going into an upper room space and we're not leaving. I'm not doing anything anymore until he comes and meets me with power and changes everything. And we have to be okay with the change because who knows what it's going to look like. He decides that, not me, right? So we're, we're there, and I feel like, you know, as leaders, sometimes you lay your stool out, and you, you, you can feel expectation growing in the room. You can feel hope beginning to rise, and, and I could feel it. And then we go to worship, and they're amazing at worshiping anyway, and off they go, vroom, you know, and I'm just in it. And like, this is beautiful. The presence of God is here. Exactly. But 
And I'm actually freaking out a little bit inside because as a leader, when you generate hope, you kind of want that hope to be fulfilled because hope deferred makes the heart sick and then you feel like that's on you, right? And so I'm like, I don't want to make sick people. <laughs> and I turned around with my back to the room like this and I was looking out the window and I said, Holy Spirit, I feel like I've really set you up well <laughs> today. <laughs> so are you going to come? Are you going to come? Because I can't do this anymore. I don't want to do it like this anymore. And I heard his voice and he just said, Nicola, turn around and watch me fill the room. And I turned around and there they all were. We're not many, 40 staff. There they are. And they're worshipping. And he went, now. And it went in the room. 40 people, no one laid hands on anyone, 40 people impacted by the power and the fire of God all at the same time in one moment. It just ignited and people went flying and there was deliverance happening and there was screaming happening and there's burning happening over here and people rolling around on the floor over there and trembling and worshipping, different worship songs breaking out all over the room and I just stood there like, what? I was actually, if I'm really honest with you, a little bit frightened. Because I suddenly thought, I think, I feel like we've just let the cork out the bottle. And I don't know if I'm going to get it back in again. You know? We have a lot of ex-slum dwellers. Well, they're still slum dwellers, actually, but they're ex-team, very complex backgrounds. You know, there's, there's a whole mixture of stuff in that room in that moment. It's all being dealt with by the power and the presence of Jesus all in a moment. I'm watching it, and I don't know who to go to first, because they're all out. I'm alone. I'm like the last man standing. And I said to the Holy Spirit, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And he said to me, don't need to do anything, because I'm doing it. So I stood there with my back against the wall for two hours, just watching. We then broke for lunch and managed to get them out of the room, and then they would come back in, and then boom, you know, went on all day. I went to bed, 4 a.m. I wake up because I hear a man's voice in my bedroom, and where I live is a little risky sometimes, and I thought someone had broken in, and I heard someone go, wake up! And I went, <gasps> and the presence of the Lord filled my bedroom at 4 a.m., and he just began to talk to me. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm about to do in the nations. This is what is coming. This is what I will require of you. This is what it's going to look like for you. I mean, just 4 a.m. to 7 a.m. And I was pinned underneath my mosquito, pinned to my mattress. I'm just like, I kept saying, Harry Spirit, I don't have a piece of paper. No, I wanted to write it down. No piece of paper. And he's like, I don't need to write down everything I put in you. I will bring out of you at the right time. And you're not to speak until I tell you to speak. So I went in. I thought I would share it that morning. I walk into the, into the, we have a worship room. And as I walk in, the Lord said to me, you're not saying anything today. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, what? And so Moses, who helped to lead my mission, began to sing. The presence of the Lord filled the room and boom, five hours yeah, later, 
I'm like, mm, I don't know what to do. So I'm like, up, everyone up. Okay, how you get off the floor? Get off the floor. And we loaded each other into vans and we went off into the communities. The fruit of what we're seeing, and this has now become our daily pattern since the first week in March, and it's still going on, I don't know, what, week eight or something, is we go in, we encounter the presence of God, and then we go out and we're giving it away. But I'm telling you now, and I'm not going to tell you stories because I'm running out of time, but also the Lord's told me I'm not allowed to share any of them yet. We are seeing an exponential increase in healings, salvations, signs, wonders, deliverance, people walking down the street and people falling out under the power of God around them. People running from corridors saying, I have to have Jesus. Who are you? Help me. It's just been extraordinary. We've been into bars where, you know, we walk into a bar and then three women who are, who are prostitutes come in and my staff member just looks at them and smiles and bam, 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 they're on the floor having major deliverance. It's just like, what's going on? And it's messy and it's very risky and it's beautiful and it's out of control and I don't know what to do. And they're all looking at me. What do we do now? I haven't got a clue what we do. So I phoned a few people who I know who have, you know, had experiences like this before because we never have. And they've just said to me, this is the only advice we can give you. Never say no to the Holy Spirit, but always ask for more. So I stayed for a month and then I said, I've got to go. <laughs> I'm coming back. But this is, this is my wisdom. It's all I have to say. Do not say no to the Holy Spirit under any circumstances. And every morning, get up and ask for more. And every morning, my question, the first thing I think about when I wake up in the morning, and I grab my phone, and I guess the Holy Spirit there, what's happening? Now, I understand the theology of the internal and external presence of God. I get it. I know all of that. But there's something about him coming in power. And every morning, please. Because it's my question, Holy Spirit, are you going to come today? And do what only you can do. Because I can't go back. And the day I was leaving, one of my staff team grabbed me in tears. And she's like, Nicola, you just need to know we're all talking. I'm like, oh, what are you? <laughs> she said, yeah, and we've decided we're not going backwards. We're not doing, we're not doing anything we've done before now. Just so you know. I'm like, thank you for letting me know. <laughs> Excellent. But the, the, the fruit of what we're seeing come out of the encounter space is, I would say, I said this to my husband the other day, I, I think we've seen more healing signs and wonders, miracles in the last eight weeks than we've seen in the last 12 years. And we've seen things, you know what I mean? Like we've seen the blind see and the deaf hear and the dead raised and multiplication of food. It's not like we've never seen this stuff, but now I'm just like, whoa. And, and the Lord said to me, you're not allowed to tell any stories yet. And I said to Chris yesterday, the reality is there's some stories that if I stood here and told you about it, you probably wouldn't even believe me anyway. Because they're so wild. And they're always so outside the box. I'm not even sure I believe them and I was there. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm just surprised. I'm just surprised. But it all comes out of that upper room space. And it comes, for me, it's what the Lord is saying, it, it, it all comes from that moment of encounter. And for you guys, as you position yourselves into your new season, that the Lord is clearly 
beckoning you into. I am so full of expectancy for you. This morning in the worship, I was just like, I don't know what to do with myself. I don't know whether to stand up, sit down, cry, because I'm so full of expectancy for you as a house, as a family, of what God is going to do in you and through you in this new season. And it won't all be fun. It doesn't all look neat and tidy and pretty. It might get very messy and it may be very, very risky. I'm listening to those words and they're full of promise. They're also full of um, challenge. Read them and see both of those things. Let's not be selective in what we hear. Let's understand the challenge. But I don't know about you, but I'm like, I'm all in. I don't care anymore. I don't care about my reputation. I don't care if I never get invited to stand on another stage again. I don't care because I'm getting to see the power and presence of Jesus manifest amongst some of the most broken, darkest places in the world. And I'm seeing explosions of light. And I'm seeing people come to faith, healed, saved, fully delivered, set free, on fire. It's happening in about 15 minutes. So we do need to work out how to get people who want our mission to become our missionaries. There's fast tracks that we need to work out. You guys, you need to work it out. There's fast tracks that we need to get people from being born again to fully on fire and out there. And it needs to happen kind of instantaneously. Seems to be what the Holy Spirit is doing right now amongst us. And I'm prophesying it into your room. And I'm prophesying it into your family. You're going to see an acceleration. You're going to see an explosion of power. But it happens from the upper room space. Let's not forget that. It's not about you. None of this that's happening today is really about you. It's about him. And it's about his kingdom. And it's about seeing his kingdom explode out of this place. And transform not just this town. Not just this region. But to reach into the nations. It's your mandate. It's your calling. This in Acts 1 and 2 is your spiritual inheritance. God wants to give it to you. It's right here. I feel the fire. You know what I mean? I feel that one of our girls, she doesn't really know Holy Spirit. She does now. She didn't. And Moses, I know I've run out of time. I'm so sorry. Moses prayed and laid hands on her shoulder. Her shoulder starts to physically burn as a manifestation of the presence of God. This is like nine o'clock in the morning. That afternoon, he found her. We don't have um, mains water, so we harvest our water from the roof. She was underneath a water tank with the tap on with her shoulder under it. And he's like, what are you doing? And she's like, I can't calm my shoulder down. He's like, water isn't going to help. (laughs) It's not going to help because this is a supernatural demonstration. This is a hallmark of the Holy Spirit. When he's around, everything changes. When he's around, everything changes. It has to. Everything. So... The invitation is into the upper room, is into the power of God and the baptism of fire, and it is coming on you. And I want to pray. Is that okay? We're quarter to, so I'm five minutes over, or maybe even ten minutes over time. Shall we just stand up? Let's just invite his presence. Kat, if you could play something, I'll be so grateful. I've totally gone off my notes, who cares? Um, let's, just, let's just open our hearts to the Lord, and sometimes I find this a helpful posture to take as just a sign of, here I am, Holy Spirit. 
And, you know, I, I don't know what it's going to look like for you as he begins to move amongst you in power and fire. It will probably look very different to what it looks like for me. I'm so grateful to Jesus that we get to journey it together as family. But let's just invite him. Holy Spirit, we honor you. We honor your presence amongst us. We honor your voice. We honor your authority in this room, in this house. We honor your authority, Holy Spirit. And at the beginning of this whole new adventure, this whole new season that you have initiated, we just stand before you and say, would you come and have your way? Come and have your way, Holy Spirit. Come and do what only you can do, both in us and through us. Establish your kingdom in us and through us, we pray. And would you teach us? Would you literally take us by the hand and teach us what it means to live out of an upper room position? Lives that are always in constant communion with you and with who you are. raise your hand right now so we can see where you are. I'm going to say I'm going to tell you to do some things. We'll just take that hand and put it on where the pain is. It's your toes on your toes, stomach, stomach, head, head. Just I'm just going to pray. In the name of Jesus, I speak to all pain and sickness right now and I say go. And I release the power and the presence and the kingdom of God into your body. And I say, kingdom of God, come. Will of God be done right now. Pain goes in Jesus' name. Everything comes back into full, perfect working order. In the name and authority of Jesus Christ. Come, Holy Spirit. Now just wait on him. Just wait on him. You don't have to do anything. Just breathe. Shakura Barasi and we love you, Jesus. 
had a picture in worship of someone who was looked like they were drowning and that you know when people are trying to keep their head above the water and then they get really tired you see it in the movies and their head was just going under and you're like it's over I can't I can't fight anymore I can't fight to keep my head above water anymore I'm losing the battle and I feel like the Lord is saying it's okay and I saw his hand come into the water and literally just pull you out just pull you out if that's you you just quietly just put your hand on your heart or just hold your hands out and allow the Lord to come and bring his rescue to you. He is here and he is power. And he is so able to pull you out from the deep where you feel like you're drowning and you don't know how to get your head above the water. He's so able to pull you out in just a moment. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you. We're so grateful. Lord, I thank you for this amazing family. And Lord, I ask that you would release a fresh portion of yourself out upon them. That you would pour yourself out in fresh and new ways. Lord, I ask for the fire of God to come, the power of God to fill this place, these lives, this family. And Lord, I ask for that spirit of acceleration that takes them from the here and pushes them into the tomorrow, that takes them from the old and launches them into the new. I ask for it as a supernatural gift. And we set you before us today, Lord. We say your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. time I'm going to hand back to Chris and Nick. Thank you for listening to Numa Sunday's podcast. For more information, go to numachurch.uk where you can find more ways to connect with us. Have a great week and remember you're loved.